from the ring uh i guess you'd count this as episode 89.5 i guess so take that as what it is but we're giving you guys another episode this week solely because a lot has happened the uh past 24 hours of recording on what is this thursday 8 56 p.m august 27 2020 hell of a year hasn't it but we got to give you guys a special episode because the NBA did something very historic yesterday on Wednesday, August 26, 2020. And that was boycott the NBA playoffs for a day going on to two days. And despite the recent stuff that has happened today in itself, it is still a very, very monumental moment in sports and very monumental in just how what's going on in the bubble with the politics with the uh, recent shooting that happened in uh police brutality shooting that happened in kenosha wisconsin and all of that and i feel like it is worthy of just us taking a moment and talking about this of course i got my boy trail sab on here yo and i got we have actually somebody who is a fan of the show uh, checked us out and saw the post and said, "Hey, yo, I want, I want in." So, uh, Jeremiah, what's good, bro? Yo, what's good? Yo, I'm happy to be here. Glad to be here for the first time. All right, cool, cool, cool. Anything you want to just let the people know about yourself, G? Go ahead and let that out now, because I'm pretty sure you will be a future guest on later on later episodes, G. But so yeah, uh, definitely Jeremiah Davis. You know, I'm an actor here in the city. Uh, done some productions all over Chicago, Evanston, Oak Park, do a lot of activist work uh, in those communities as well. Um, check me out on Instagram at the real Jeremiah Davis, uh, Facebook, Jeremiah Davis as well. So I'd be blessed to hear from you guys. All right. See, check my boy out. So let's go ahead and get right into it. So yesterday, uh, so yeah, yesterday the Milwaukee Bucks and Orlando Magic were scheduled to play, I think. Got what time it was i guess one i'm thinking like two three o'clock i forgot um they were one of the first playoff uh games it's a game five uh the bucks were going in to pretty much get send the magic home to their families and stuff and out of nowhere you start seeing i got the watch bomb shams bomb on twitter shout out to those notifications where literally we're getting a the bucks have yet to come out the locker room and it's like 10 minutes, 10, 30 minutes before uh, for the game actually starts. And everybody's just like, oh, man, what the hell's going on? And then more information comes out, uh, like various reporters just saying what's going on, that they're probably going to boycott the game. And at this point, everybody's kind of like paused for a second. And me, myself, like I was just chilling at this point, probably about to take a nap. Because I'm like, and I ain't about to watch the Bucks beat the hell out the Magic. Like, I know what's about to happen here. So, 
which leads to what the uh, the Bucks confirmed that they are boycotting the game. They're not leaving the locker room. Uh, the Magic just outright left the court, and uh, and I want I will say this: I respect the Magic for literally not accepting a forfeit because all they had to do was just put the ball in the hoop and it would they would have counted as the victors of Game Five. But I respect the fact that they stood with the Bucks in this capacity and uh, proceeded to boycott the game as well, which proceeded to postpone that game. Then immediately after this, we get word that the Rockets and the OKC Thunder are about to more likely boycott as well. You start seeing footage of Chris Paul and Wessel Westbrook talking. Uh, then you see footage of like OKC players who's uh, warming up immediately running back to the locker room. So you, the assumption is, oh, they're about to boycott as well. Uh, then at the and then we get work. They're going to boycott. Then the Lakers and the Blazers, and this becomes an all eyes on LeBron type situation. And what is LeBron about to do? And we get word that the Lakers and Blazers will boycott as well, which led to a literally a uh, avalanche of just various athletes sports uh boycotting uh games as well like we saw i'm more shocked than anything to see the mlb boycott than anything because that's about the biggest white boy sport in the world uh they boycotted games uh last night and supported certain players even though fuck the cubs because they did not do it properly and they proceeded to get their ass whooped um then we saw uh what's that that tennis player uh i can't think of her name right now Naomi, what's her name? Oh, I can't the, think house, the the uh, the chick that beat uh, Serena, the Japanese. Yeah, Naomi Osaka. I mean, the Vietnamese, I think, or yeah. I don't know. It's uh, Naomi Osaka. There we go, Naomi Osaka. Okay, I didn't want to mess up her name. She mm-hmm. uh, threatened to withdraw uh, the semifinals at insert random not major open uh, here name. Uh, she threatened to do that, which was a big deal. And then just from there, we get a big old like chaos at this point a big just a match of chaos in one day and regardless on how you may feel about it today because some back like there's a little bit of backlash for certain people but we'll talk about that later but you can consider yesterday august 8th i mean august 26 2020 as a very huge moment in sports where literally people literally stood with like boycotted for for the black people side for the black lives matter for against police brutality and stuff like that and it was a very dope thing to really just see going on where i was utterly shocked myself but i'll stop talking uh whoever wants to go first i'll go ahead and talk about what you guys thought about yesterday i'll go first um yeah, yesterday was kind of weird because, um, uh, so the crazy thing is there was talks about NBA boycotting the night before, mm-hmm. but it was a lot of people not believing that they would do that just because of the ramifications of what y'all in the bubble already. Why they, so a lot of people wouldn't do that, but because, like, the video started the video of what happened with the man who got shot several times and things of that nature. 
um, that started getting more and more like bigger around that time that those rumors started coming about. But nobody was believing, like, hey, ain't nobody believing this boycott stuff, right? Because as much as people want to say them playing in the bubble and wearing those t-shirts and stuff like that was about social change, probably if you want to put it like a, a, a mathematical number to it, like probably a good three percent was about that. And the, the rest of the percentage was got darn finishing the season off, making sure we got the number of TV games and stuff done and such and such, right? And making sure the players get played for because of this COVID situation, right? So prior to that going in, I mean, so going forward with like what I was thinking and when I woke up and I saw like, yo, did that, I mean, the, the Milwaukee Bucks, said they boycott. I was like, all right, this is really, really cool because it happened in Milwaukee. So the best thing for the Bucks to do is to show solidarity with their city and also with the, the boy killing the two dudes, I mean, killing those two people um, that was from Illinois. He was like a right-wing dude. He came up with the Yapa and, and did what he did. But it was showing solidarity with that city to be like, yo, you know, we 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 are in, to keep it buck because it is Milwaukee. Us and the Green Bay Packers, it's the only reason y'all make money. So, um, uh, we don't we 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 don't we don't rock with what you're doing. And and when I thought about that, when I was looking at it, and I was thinking, I was like, ah, this is really really cool. And plus. Everybody and their mama know they were slapping the magic anyway, so it's good that they're doing that. It shows a lot of social change. And other teams started doing it, people get happy. But what I was talking to Cam about and what kind of rear his head is that I don't think this is about to go over well inside the bubble with the players. But was about to happen what other people think about what's going on with them because at the end of the day, those people who believe those certain beliefs are going to tell the basketball players to shut up and dribble regardless, say how privileged they are to quit their job, even though everything, every basketball player on that court works their butt off since the age of like 13 or 11 to be on that court. So it's not like they didn't, they didn't put in the work to make those millions and millions of dollars. They put it just like you put in the work for whoever was complaining to make that nice and powerful 982, whatever, how much the minimum wage is in goddamn Milwaukee. They put the same work to put in. They make them hundreds of millions of dollars in the shoe deals and stuff like that. And the whole Bron being silent about China but not being silent about issues is hyper stuff. It's just a bunch of like just white people shit. And I hate to generalize it, kind of what it is. And I'm sorry for cursing as well. Um, but at when I, but my rule was, and it came out today that. Milwaukee kind of did this thing without telling all the other players. Mm-hmm. And that created a domino effect in which the other players also had to do it because if they didn't, then they would look like they're not on the same board as Milwaukee would create a bigger divide. And apparently that didn't like sit well with a lot of the players. And then apparently like Milwaukee didn't know the ramifications of that either. So but my initial reactions from all of this is that I think no matter what people thought was going to come 
from them boycotting, right? No matter what. Some people thought it wasn't going to do a thing. Some people thought, like, it was just going to do the same thing and just wearing a T-shirt. Some people thought it was going to create this martyr or change and stuff like that. No matter what people thought it was going to do. What they did, in my eyes, showed leverage that they have over this whole entire nation of saying, we can make this thing pause in just one second. I think it was more showing towards the owners of who actually run this league than it was to show the outside world who run the league. And I know that it's not necessarily taken away from what's going on here, but it's saying, like, y'all either, it's telling the owners, like, y'all going to be with us with this social change or, or y'all going to be without us, period. Because what they they basically just a couple players inside of a room basically stopped an entire basketball league in in the, in the minute of in an in, out within hours, yep. and and it's, it's bigger than championships and it's bigger than finishing that season and how they showed that created a sense of like a change in my heart of how things are going to get dealt with more between like the league and like current and events and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, for me, um, first of all, like, I don't know the timeline of exactly how everything was happening or, like, when everything was happening. But obviously, you know, we saw the press conference with Doc Rivers, right? And we saw how, like, affected he was by it. But for me, I wonder if if it wasn't for Kyle Rittenhouse, you know, who is the, who is the, the murderer, you know, and I'm not going to call him a vigilante. A vigilante. He was the guy who killed two people. Um, you know, if it wasn't for him, I wonder if this boycott actually would have happened. You know, I, like I feel yeah. like that was the like the tipping point. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, like, 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 that's all I wanted to say about that. But like my initial reactions, you know, obviously, like I, I applauded the players, quite frankly. Um, I think that it's been time that they do something like this. Uh, you know, they were following in the footsteps of somebody like Muhammad Ali, you know, following in the steps of somebody like Bill Russell, you know, and it's just like boycotting mm-hmm. and, and, you know, actually putting it all on, all on the line when it matters. Uh, so I definitely applaud them. I'm a, I'm a little disappointed that they didn't cancel the whole thing, quite honestly. Like I was with LeBron, man. I was just like, yeah, just like shut the entire playoffs down uh, just because I'm tired of like me personally as an actor you know i know what it's like to go up there and perform your pain for white people uh so and, and of course i'm not saying that like they're performing pain but what i'm saying is all of this stuff is happening in the world and lebron and Kawhi and all of them still got to go up and they still got to play basketball and there's so there are you know white people that are sitting at home that probably don't care about jacob blake that probably don't care about like what's going on in the black community at all and they're still being entertained. So, you know, you hit the nail on the head when, I don't know if it was Tommy uh, Tommy Lorraine or if it was the other um, conservative pundit that said, shut up and dribble to LeBron. Um, but, you know, that I feel like essentially that's what a large section of uh, whites who watch basketball could potentially be feeling. It's just shut up and dribble, just shut up and entertain me. So the fact that they put everything on the line and was willing to like, cost these people money quite honestly and not care and say like yo you know we doing this because i feel like it's time for extreme measures you know i feel like we we watched kaepernick uh kneel right and then he lost his job you know we we watch people peacefully protest 
and then they get murdered on the street like what happened a couple nights ago in, in, in Wisconsin. So, you know, I'm like, all right, it's time that we start doing some extreme things. So I was really proud of LeBron, proud of Kawhi, proud of the Lakers and the Clippers for being willing to like shut everything down and just like, yo, like we ain't performing for y'all no more. Yeah, I definitely agree. And with like LeBron, LeBron is like people may say, oh, you like you may feel how you feel about LeBron, but the human being LeBron James and is probably a, is going to go down as probably one of the best human beings to ever play basketball. That isn't Bill Russell, because Bill Russell right. literally was with the civil rights movement. While beating the hell out of white people while winning championships, but <laughs> uh, but what LeBron has done as a human being, as a as just a humanitarian, is going to go down as one of the best to literally play the game of basketball, play any sport, honestly. And it's really great to see that he used his power, his platform, to like literally say, "Hey, I we can we can go," because he knows both him. The Lakers, him, the Lakers, and the Clippers are literally the biggest teams in the league, the biggest players, some of the biggest forces outside of sports. Like, everybody knows LeBron. Everybody knows the Lakers. The Clippers are one of the biggest stories of the NBA this season. If they go, well, guess what? That's a lot of that's a lot of viewership going. That's a lot of revenue going. And just that threat alone, I'm pretty sure, woke up. Adam Silver woke up the owners like, okay, hold on, pull the brakes a little bit. We can't this up. We we just can't mess this up at all. So, and I'm pretty sure that changed the owner's tone going into their meeting today of like, okay, what can we do to appease you guys? What can we do? What else do you want? Because we already give you money. We're already putting, you like before the bubble and all that, we agreed to put X amount of dollars into these uh, social uh, reform programs and stuff and stuff towards communities, what more can we do? And I'm pretty sure that woke them up because losing LeBron, there's no NBA. The bubble's happening because LeBron. <laughs> no matter how you feel about it, Pat Beverly was not lying at all. There is no basketball without LeBron right now. There honestly probably no sport going on right now without LeBron. So just that threat alone woke up those people. And I applaud LeBron and the Clippers literally knowing like we have all the we have the most power here. Like yeah, the Bucks started it, but and like yeah, like Giannis is who he is and stuff like that. And I applaud the Bucks for doing what they did while they were in that locker room. They reached out to the Attorney General of Wisconsin they reached out to the lieutenant uh, governor of Wisconsin, asked them, what, what can we do? What is it? What steps do we need to take to literally make sure this doesn't happen again? But also, Jacob Blake gets justice. And I applaud them for doing that. Like, I really do. And it just, for me, even though, like, the only thing that really bothered me was, like, it was just the Lakers and Clippers that wanted, that was threatening to go. But it's probably best that those were the two teams because they hold the most weight. Yeah, I'm going to be honest, though. Like, those other teams, like, I don't know if they were more interested in the paycheck or if some of them felt like, yo, we got to entertain everybody else because of, like, COVID and everything else that's going on. But 
you know, if like if I can be frank, you know, if I can be honest, like I do feel like it was a little uh, cowardly, you know, to just be like, no, yeah, let's just keep, you know, let's just keep doing everything as is and let's keep playing, you know, because like I said, at, at this point that we're at, it's like, all right, what's going to change people's minds, you know, like you you continue to play basketball like that's not changing anything right now you know what i'm saying so i just wish that people would be willing to think a little bit more outside the box because i had a lot of conversation with conversations with friends and they're like oh the nba isn't as popular as like the nfl as the mlb so you know them boycotting and stuff like that you know the the owners of the networks and stuff like that they don't care they like they pockets not going to be hurt that much and they're going to be able to recoup their money from from the nba anyways like the networks will or whatever um so it was a lot of like those conversations that was that was being had but i was like if you and, and a lot of people were also saying that like oh there's more of a spotlight on lebron and the nba if they play those games and then make their like you know, comments, whatever they want to say about Jacob Blake and the entire situation after the game is over. And I was like, if you really don't think that like the entire world is going to be watching when they, (laughs) when they stop playing and when they boycott, then you are out of your mind, you know, like, because it's it's a lot like what you guys said in the opening in the intro that like, it's a historic, like when was the last time that you seen somebody boycott and just like not show up and not play games, you know, Uh, it's never happened in my lifetime. Um, so just the fact of that right there would definitely get people talking way more than making any kind of comments after the game is over. I yeah, you, I, Go ahead. like when, when, when people, so when people like to talk about like, because I think a lot of people get end up getting like brainwashed when it comes to like popularity with these sports and stuff like that, and then like about how popular the NBA is, because people got to factor in it. The reason baseball and and football are still so popular when it comes to, like, ratings, and that's how you want to gauge popularity, because it's bigger than that now. But if they want to gauge popularity off of just particularly ratings and how much Monday Night Football Sunday Night Football does, they got to remind myself that a lot of old people still watch that stuff, right? Like, especially baseball. A lot of old people. Old people it. is the only people that really watch baseball. Watch. Like, and now I don't even say basketball. Aside from like you know pay per view sports, is probably the most illegally streamed thing out there. Like right. Like, and it, sorry to cut you off, but I was say yeah. and the NBA actually just passed the MLB as the number two sport in America last year. Actually, exactly. yeah. And so like. It's so much it, like people garner toward the NBA. I believe people. I believe NBA is the most popular sport in America, regardless. It's just that so many young fans. Everybody know how to illegally stream anything. Like it's just to put that out there. Like if I really wanted to watch a game and I had cable, but I had internet, I could find a link within two seconds, and I would be watching that game. So you can't. But they, I'm not considered like a, a person watching it because you know it's not. It's illegal. But that's what I want to mean by like when people try. to like take away the popularity of NBA and say, well, the NBA is not that big. What if the NFL didn't want to hold more weight? That's cap. <laughs> because like it will hold more weight to the the non-casual fan to now to know how much like how much of the owners have that much leverage over their own players. Maybe, but I believe it would still have that same motive because they went through the same exact thing with with Kaepernick kneeling. Like and it was, that was just one player, but they went to the same thing in which because man they had to have okay, 
only certain people go kneel. Okay, okay, okay. We're going to set this one day when everybody's kneeling. They was going through the same exact thing that the NBA is going through, and niggas still capped. And that in that situation, like, no matter what that them players do, people will still have the same excuse of they rich, they don't understand what's going on. They, 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 they just need to, they don't know politics. They need to shut up and dribble and things that they to all that bull crap. No matter what, if they, if they completely boycott the season, which everybody in their mama knew they wasn't going to do that. Right. Like it'd we can have Brian leaving been nice. and things like that. It wasn't going to happen just because it's so much involved and not just the NBA, but like personal brands or plans. And not to say that the players are selfish. It's just, and, 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 like, to be 100% completely honest and not to have, like, rose-tinted glasses, they're going to pick their more selfish move other than the other move. And kind of like what Jalen Brown said, like, Jalen Brown, when that quote with Jalen Brown came out and it said, speaks values in this whole situation, it's like, are y'all saying y'all want to end the season just to go home, or do y'all really want to be in the fields if we end the season? I'm glad you, you keep mentioned it up, that. They're not going to be in the fields, bro. Because it's not. just that. It's the way it is, right? But I think what they did, like I said earlier, it's a chess match at the end of the day because it shows how much leverage it has. Dana White being Pat himself is was just on like the the Republican thing because I'm keeping up with like the celebrities that that talk at this little Trump Republican thing. And he was talking, he even came out and talked about like protesting and things of that nature, even though he had like skewed information. It's still getting to that spot. It's still getting to places that if they didn't do that, no one would be talking about. So, like, I think what they did, no matter how long it lasted, should be applauded with throughout history. And it should be something that if we do want change, that's something that we look into and show that we hold this power. It should show other people in no in like Wisconsin to show or anybody who who have this problem with like policing in this country to show that they don't have that power the citizens do just like the owners in the nba can can write a check and woo out the man but if lebron james the kawhi Leonard said look we gonna play in china the la clippers gonna find everywhere in which way to, to accommodate for him not playing in china same thing with brian same thing with any other player from from brian all the way to god darn zubak they gonna find a way to keep these dudes in that team. I mean, on in in this uh, situation, and and I just think it's you know it's speaking value to the ripples in this country. But the the sad thing is is that so many people are drinking a Kool Aid that is laced with a poison that they won't even open their eyes to this type of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That that for some apparent reason. And I don't want to generalize again because it's not all white people. But some part of the reason white people get extremely defensive when it comes to cops and and stuff like that because I guess most of their family members are cops and they do a cop or a cop to think god darn cat out the tree or something like that. But there is a big problem with how policing it is in the United States. And it haven't just started this year. It's been like that forever. Yep. Forever. And it's just now seeing being shown because of social media, because of cameras, because of that. You think Rodney King was the only dude to get molly whopped by LAPD during that time? 
Nope. Heck no, he was just the only dude to get to get caught by the camera. Like I, I used to live on 114th and Loomis. If that if they didn't replace that door, I will be able to show y'all that when a certain situation happened with people in my family, that the cops wanted, you know, that person because he was suing the police department. So the cops wanted my stepfather who was friends with that person. My stepfather was he, he wasn't at home all the time, so he wasn't there. Every single day until that either that case passed or dropped, I don't know. But every single day, two police officers will come and bang on our door at like five or six in the morning. I never told Chris the story. Five or six in the morning. Every single day. To the point where you look at our front door when you're coming in, that there is dents in it from the flashlight they used to bang it on. Every single day, asking. My mom pleaded with them every single Please, can you stop knocking on our door? My kids got to get up for school. Please, please, please. And they said, where's where's this person? Where's this? My mom, like, he don't live here. Every single day. We used to call the police department saying these two cops, and he used to hang up on us as soon as we say who out, who out at our door and what address we live at. They hung up on our face. There is an extreme problem with the police situation in every city in the state. Is every cop bad? No. I remember getting shot at one time. Some cops got doors who took me to the crib. When they found out there wasn't some shootings going on, they took me and my brother to the crib to make sure we got safe. Do that mean every cop bad? No, but I I will tell you this. You can ask any black person in this whole entire this whole entire country. Compared to how many good times you have with a cop, compared to many bad, that bad will outweigh the good a hundred percent of the time. Yep. And if people in their mindset do not believe that that is a problem, then they will never, ever have a problem. And we will always be in this situation that we in now until they 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 minds get changed. So, yeah. Yeah, man, that's real. You know, first of all, like you must have been terrified as a kid, like with cops beating on your door every day. So I'm sorry you had to go through that, man. Like that's tough. But um, yeah, like like you said, it's a big problem, and they and then they defend these cops to they defend these cops to the death. And I don't know if, if it's because they have like a lack of information. I think that's the biggest thing is that like there are people who hold their worldview so tightly that it, that they don't have any room to consider anything else. You know, the last couple of days, like I've been privileged to have conversations with some young white people. Uh, There's one dude who just recently came into my job and was like, I just moved out of Mississippi. Uh, I grew up saying the N word. It was my grandfather's favorite word. And, you know, I like grew up and I realized that that like wasn't the way to do things. And like I educated myself and then I moved out of Mississippi to escape the racism. Like that's a that's a white person that's saying that, you know. So, you know, it like stuff like that kind of gives me hope. But by and large, I feel like there are people who like don't understand what people mean when it's like defund the police who they're, they're like, oh, you're just trying to abolish the police department. Right. And it's like, no, that's not what defunding the police means, you know, or when we're like cops need better training or blah, blah, this and blah, blah, that. And they hold it so tight because it is a worldview. Just like you said, it's almost like a religious um, experience for them. Right. So, 
you know, like I, I definitely agree with that. But as far as the whole Jalen Brown thing goes, man, like I kind of disagree as far as like, oh, like, are you doing this just so you can like go home and stuff like that and not be in a bubble? But like, here's the thing. If those NBA players boycotted the rest of the playoffs and decided not to go out in the streets and stuff like that, to me, that would be perfectly fine. Because why? Because we just shut down the playoffs and they just did their work. You know, like they did the thing that they could do that was going to make the most amount of impact. Like, sure, I would love to see them out in the streets. But like if LeBron just like didn't play basketball for these next couple of weeks and just like shut the whole thing down, guess what? Stephen A. Smith and, and Skip Bayless every day is talking about LeBron, you know, every single day on ESPN. They talking about how the playoffs is shut down because you know how much they love to talk about LeBron. They find a way to bring LeBron up in every single topic, Skip and Shannon. So best believe, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, like they could be sitting there and they could be talking about the PGA Tour and all of a sudden Skip find a way to bring LeBron into it, you know. So, you know, they they, they going to talk about it. So that's why I'm like, I don't I don't care if those players like went out and did their thing in the community. Like they did their job. I think it has to be on the rest of the world, everybody else and like their respective professions and stuff like that to do their job, you know, to do like their little bit as well is what I'm saying. Um, yeah, definitely. Like I said, because like we definitely have to start doing extremes because like peaceful protesting ain't doing it, marching ain't doing it, kneeling for the anthem wasn't doing it, you know. So it's like we have to start thinking outside of the box, you know. Yeah. You know, but the crazy thing is like the extreme, the extremes is because it's so deep rooted that like these seeds that get planted or eventually, you know, it like martyr is an extreme word. But, like, when people said Kaepernick was going to be a martyr for this movement, it was true. Because, like, what he did when, when nobody was doing it, he lost his job for it and everybody still got theirs, right? And mm-hmm. this is going to be impossible for him. Like, people say he can get a job, and they, like, it's just not going. He, he will probably never play for the NFL ever again, no matter what. Um, there's been this crappy quarterbacks, and I don't even watch the NFL. And I know, God darn, I can go out there and play better than some quarterbacks in the NFL, <laughs> right? But... Like when, when the seeds that's planted, it's gonna take years, and it's also gonna take. It ain't even gonna care. We gonna take a lot of old white people to die. Yep, that ain't they gonna hold do it. A lot it ain't, that, ain't, right? that, ain't, that ain't gonna do it, man. That, it's. Do you know how many like racist TikToks there are? Like high schoolers saying <laughs> racist shit. But yeah. I, I, so I agree with that in a sense. That it's always gonna be like racism and stuff. But I mean, like in terms of like change, because it's it, who holds. Like every every major politician is freaking over the age of sixty. Every every and they have these god darn values. Like when people make edgy TikToks, when people do this, the moment you expose them, they crying and saying it was just a joke to make my friends laugh. Like, but the real root of the problem of people who hold value into make laws and stuff like that, those are the people who stopping this thing from happening. People who actually can be the person who can put the funds to not get this god darn police a god darn uh, uh, a rocket proof vehicle but to also put this into to, to social work in the god darn communities so like it's it's gonna it's gonna take time and but i believe that the nba what they did is moving process but it's also gonna take a lot of money you gotta go deep in people's pockets too and if they if they like you were saying completely left that would have spoken like it, it, it wouldn't have spoke value into some owners' pockets, because even though the player's not gonna get played, it would just sucked for 
like say for instance the lower people on the totem pole on the team, but somebody like Bron, somebody like Kawhi, trust me that that one check that they were gonna get for the rest of that season, that ain't because because the the god darn uh, endorsement deals that they got, I wasn't gonna put a dent in them. So I do, but I do think like what they did was amazing. I just man, it's gonna take time to see change. Yeah, I mean, it's, how, how how much more time? Because, like, you know, we've been waiting, what, decades, centuries yeah, at this centuries, point? So, yeah. like, that's my whole thing. That's why I'm like, we can't continue to do the, you know, we can't continue to be like, all right, let's try to do this, this small thing, right? Let, let, let's just boycott this one game. And like, that'll really show them. It's like, no, nah, we got to be willing, like I said, to go out of the box and we got to be willing to, like, sacrifice, you know? Like, Martin Luther King lost his life, yo. You know, like Martin Luther King lost his life for this. And I guarantee you, he wouldn't be happy with the vision of America today. Malcolm X lost his life. Fred Hampton lost his life. You know, like I was having a conversation with my dad about that earlier today. And I was like, yo, you you like raised me and like taught me about the Black Panthers and mentioned Fred Hampton and Mark Clark all the time growing up. And I was like, we sitting here and we stuck in the same thing that they was doing. But, you know. I feel like it's like this older generation mindset of like, we got to keep doing it the same way. We got to keep marching. We got to keep doing this and we got to keep doing that. And it's just like, it's not working. You know, they always say that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So why are we still doing it? Cause I, I, I personally think that it, cause it's a, it's a, it's a cycle that's, that's hard to break. And that is deeper. It's deeper than marching. It's deeper than, than, than boycotting. Cause we're, the same people that oppressed us those years ago are 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 the same people that still in office. Cause like those like cause time cause some people think time is like a long thing. Thirty years is not that long ago. Forty years, fifty years, sixty years, that's not that long ago. That's still still in my grandma's lifetime, your father's lifetime. So those people that oppressed them, though they probably was like 16, 20, it's still those same people today. And that's what I mean, like yeah, but we gotta get jump out of that place. We we also got radicalized seventeen year olds on the street. Yeah, stage. that's true. <laughs> you know? And we gotta think about who radicalized them. Those the rules that the rules that put those people at that point in their lives are still set in place for them to reap. So and okay, so so what about the thirty year old politicians that are out there oppressing us? What about the forty year olds? Do we wait that's what I like. I, that's what I'm trying to that too, though. Because no, like, that's, that's what I'm probably trying to say. That, though, that is deep that you will have to get to the root of a problem to, to overturn something, to overturn a, a government, to overturn anything that takes for, for some countries, not to say just particularly ours. And even in particularly ours, the abolishment of slavery took years and a lot of blood sweat. The abolishment of Jim Crow laws and segregation took years, even, even to the point that segregation was still going on in the South in dang in the eighties or some rural parts of it. Right. Because it it take it take years of years of like continuing to work and work and work, and then in all honesty, our people got a taste of freedom, got a taste of of how feel not to be oppressed in every single walkway of life, and got lazy and they did continue to fight. It didn't go to the places of like trying to be politicians and trying to be up in here and trying to and try to put our hand in that in that box, and only certain ones did to to. 
to to further their own message, to further their own, and did it in a selfish way. So it, it will take time. That's why we continuously in this certain situation, because we're not sitting at the table. We're not eating the same food that they eating. Like we're we're not we're not. It's it's the, the keep it. It's a lot of it's a lot of people with those the higher up in political backgrounds with the they, they, they they're all family. It's the same as that people moving up. Like our, our Democratic president was the vice president of that that darn country. Like these ain't new people getting in line. Donald Trump has always been in the political scene. These are not like new people. This ain't the first time Joe Biden running for president. Like the same thing with like McCain before he died and stuff like that. These ain't new people or or people with fresh ideas. These are the same exact people in the same exact circle. And until young people, until people of who have that mindset of wanting to make change actually start to to be more vocal and to put their hand and start to eat at that table, it's going to take the, the, the margin is always going to be forever because it's going to be the same people running this country the same way they want to. And, so. and, and, and you know what the issue with that is? And I was actually having this conversation with my partner the other day uh, with my girl, and I was saying that, like, what the issue is is that like I don't think that like America, Black America, uh, Black America especially, but America as a whole, I don't think that we can uh, see this like utopia or like this like better America clearly enough. Because the thing is, like you say, like we continuously vote for the same people, like Biden, like even like Bernie Sanders. Okay, like of course, like yes, he's old, he's run for president, but he has this vision for America. That includes universal health care and free college, right? And the conservatives and the centrists, all of these people will have you can have you thinking that like, how does America work with free college, free health care? What's gonna pay for that? Like, how does that work? But it's like that works in other countries, you know, like in New Zealand, that's, that's in that's Iceland, facts. in in Italy, like all of these places, like it works there. What our problem is, is we continue because we have such a problem envisioning a world where that works. Instead of voting for Bernie Sanders, we vote for Biden because he is safe and he is comfortable. And that is the status quo. What what the issue is, we should be voting for people like Bernie Sanders and we should be voting for people like AOC. Like me personally, I'm like four years down the line. I'm like, yo, Alexandra, like you need to throw your hat in the Repo- into the uh, presidential ring because I'd be honored to have you as my first female president. And like that is what I actually want, you know. We have to like see these people who are like calling us. Like I, I follow Alexandria on the Alexandria, like I know her, right? Uh, I, I follow AOC on Twitter and Instagram and shit like that, and she be speaking facts. There are people on there who make fun of her for her teeth because she like just got her teeth fixed when she got in Congress, and she was like, "Imagine a world where somebody makes fun of their teeth, not realizing that that is an extremely classist thing to do because there are certain people who don't have the ability to afford fixing their teeth." There was somebody who asked her the other day, like, hey, you know, once you lose this next next election, you're going to go back to see, you know, waiting tables and like bartending and stuff like that. And she was like, yeah, and I'm perfectly fine with that because I don't believe that like that job is any worse than this job. And the people that I work with are way better than the people in Congress, <laughs> you know, like like she's yeah. like, like she's out there fighting the good fight. But the thing is, is like. And I, I see what you're saying with like the hope of like the young generation, but it can't just be the young generation. Like we have to have those tough conversations with the people who currently exist now and be like, yo, like you may think Joe Biden is 
is the thing you may think Kamala Harris is the thing not to get like super political into it, right? Well, we've already yeah, right? Like, like you may think they are the ticket, but like that is going to take us right back to the same status quo before Trump. And people might be like, oh, yeah, that's great. Where it's like, no, no, because the thing is. People were like, oh, what racism? I, I Like, I was having a conversation with this white woman today, and she was like, oh, like, I thought racism was getting better and stuff like that. And it's like, if you honestly think that, first of all, second of all, it's like, no, racism was hidden when Obama was president. Racism was hidden. You know, it was a little bit more covert. I'm not going to say it was completely uh, hidden, but it was a little bit more hidden. And Trump made it okay to be racist and proud. Yeah, yeah. No it and then, like, social media is a, is a bigger boom, like, I don't like I've I've been around racist people my whole entire life and I grew up in black neighborhoods and somehow came across racist people, which is kinda weird. But like black people that were racist? No, no, literally white people. (laughs) (laughs) Teachers and stuff like that, you know, cops. Cops out just have more racism, man. That's that systematic racism is actually pervades through all of I have more racist interaction with cops more than anybody, but like you know, stuff like that. Like like, you know, at the end of that day, I think what the, the 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 thing the NBA did great was continue to spark the discussion, right? Mm-hmm. And that discussion spark, no matter how long it will last, it's a spark. And you know, and and for them to continue lighting the flame, like some people say, it's not necessarily always on the the higher ups. It, it do take the 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 lower people at the total pole do have to you know revolt and things of that nature, but you know. It's gonna it's gonna take some time. It's gonna and it's, it's just like a baby. You're gonna have to nurture it, and it's 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 gonna be hard. It's gonna be it's, like it's like it ain't gonna be like the civil rights movement when it was like emphasis on the blood, on the blood, sweat, and tears. But it, it's gonna take a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to change the the way of the thinking of our country. Because crazy, another crazy thing, our country is fairly young, because and it will take time in order for for our country to 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 take the roots that it was built on and to flip that over it will take time you uh, and not to end it off what i'm gonna say our people will have to be on eat the rich mode but that's a different conversation for a different time (laughs) Uh, I, i think my question for you at that point would be well how long are you willing to you know how how long are you willing to to have this happen? You know because like until, what, the, until the sky break apart and big homie come back, I guess like that's that's the only way I can I can say like because we can't that's something that that we have to look at we have to be real with ourselves and be like is that old white man that sat in that bill gonna just be like fuck it I'm not racist no more. No, no. But, but but can we stop playing that game? Like, cause cause that's my thing, right? So you saying that like my dad, my dad was also saying like you know we kind of like this is their world and you know we also can't change their minds. And I'm like, look, I've been waiting 27 years, and black people as a whole have been waiting way longer that for like actual change to happen. And so like we we not only like have we grown up in this system or whatever, but like we've grown up in this like culture of white supremacy you know so can we i guess my question is can we take our ball and go home can we be like you know what i'm not playing your game anymore you know like like why can't like like, why can't we do that why can't we be like all right 
you know, because like, like I said, there are people who lost their lives for this. There are people who lost jobs for this. Yeah. Can we be like, all right, well, fuck it. Like, we're going we gonna to struggle until we get what's ours. Like, let's just take our ball and go home. And all the sports we shut down, you know, let's how about y'all find some other people to work these minimum wage as jobs? How about y'all find other people to work the other jobs that black people are in and stuff like that? Like all black and brown people, indigenous people, people of color, just shut it down. Because without us, without our spending power, without like us buying stuff, what, what do you think this economy would be? So that's why I'm saying like we have to get super uh, uncomfortable in order to actually affect change. And I know this is like a lot of talk. It's just like, yeah, but what are you going to do kind of thing? Um, but like, so, so like me personally, I'm like, yo, if somebody came and like did something to my job, right? Uh, th- this is a whole nother conversation, but like looting, for example, like if somebody came and like looted my job or whatever, it's just like, oh, like, how would you feel about that? And I'd be like, yeah, I'd be a little bit sad or whatever, but look, my minor inconvenience ain't nothing compared to the bigger picture. You know, like I got really? like, like I got a job interview that's coming up uh, in, a, in a day or so. And, you know, well, a second sort of a job interview. I've talked with them before. And my conversation with them is going to be like, do you guys support Black Lives Matter? What's your hiring policy like? Because I'm not going to work here if you guys don't care about people who look like me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, I think That's we need fair. to get very specific about that. And I think that we need to get very, uh, again, uncomfortable. You know, because I've been living in poverty my whole life as a result to systematic racism. I've been struggling my whole life based off what other people have done. Of course, people are like, oh, you're going to sound like a victim. But like, no, black people definitely should be doing way better at this point in life. And they've been holding us down. So I've been uncomfortable my entire life. So me going to step forward ain't going to change shit. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying, like, I'm not thinking about like, oh, we just got to wait until like, you know, all the old racist white people die off and we got to do this and we got to do like, no, like, I want to see this happen in my lifetime. And what can I do? And like, yeah, we may not be able to change individual minds. We may be able to, I don't know. But like with my energy, with like my specific self, I'm like, I'm going to put myself in a situation where I know I'm being taken care of. And I'm not going to expose myself to anything that's going to to make me feel unwanted or to anybody that's going to make me feel less than. You know, I was having a conversation with this lady and she was like, oh, why do you, why do you give regular white people so much power? And I was like, well, any black person knows you don't give a racist white person power. You know, like them being on my mind and like going into a job interview and wondering how they're feeling about me. That's not me giving them power. That's something that's ingrained in us to constantly be wondering what a white person is thinking about us. You know, so it, that, that's just my whole thing. I know, I know I'm going on a rant about that, but like, that's my whole thing of just like, when is enough enough? And do we actually want to see this change in our lifetime? And we may not get it, but again, like going to the extreme and being a little bit uncomfortable, you know, is that any different than what you're currently feeling? That's true. Because I'm, you know, the day that I like woke up, the day after the Jacob Blake thing happened, like, like I was pissed off about the Jacob Blake thing happened, but the thing that like really incensed me was Cal Rittenhouse. That was the thing where I was just like, oh, local law enforcement collaborated with this militia and drove po- protesters to this militia to these white people so that they can, you know, 
uh, interfere so that they could shoot people. That's the thing that really insists me because I'm like in the world where these police officers who are supposed to be protecting us are driving us to people who will harm us, then all gloves are off. They basically declared war. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like how do you how do you how do you live in a world like that and feel safe? Like if you didn't feel safe before, you definitely can't feel safe now. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, no lies told. Yeah. So we're about Sorry. close to an hour, so we'll start trying to close out here. But a lot has been said. Uh, I, I I agree with both sides, and it's gonna be a process, like Joel and B once said. Gotta keep everything basketball here somehow, but <laughs> but but at the same time, like I feel like our generation, like us, because we're all in around the same age range, is mm-hmm. going to be is like the driving force to spark more immediate action than our like our parents and our grandparents, because like like we can like it was mentioned earlier i forgot who said it but like our our like our parents and like even some of our grandparents it's part of the la- the lackadaisical nature of where we just got satisfied and i think our generation's taking the reins of where we have to not only accelerate what accelerate on plans that they should have made sure happened during their time and we gotta do it for our time, make up for them our time as well, then set it up for like the next generation as well. Because I definitely agree with you, Jeremiah. Like, gee, I wanna see some type of change in our in my lifetime. Like I wanna have kids one day where I can sit there and be feel comfortable enough where it's like, you know what? The world is, is a little bit safer for them than it would have been for me. Not gonna sit there and say it's gonna be a grand utopia, but I would love that where they where they can at least feel a lot more safer going outside, and I don't have to sit there and panic like my father had to do. My father and my mom had to do for me. Why Ross killed this shit? So podcast, brother. But yeah, so <laughs> it was. We, we really hit a lot. Like shoot, like most of like I really I just kind of let this free reign and all of that. I, I'm glad we had this conversation. For those that listen, I'm pretty sure you guys learned a lot, and I hope you do share this with people. Uh, so, uh, move, so pretty much to close this out, uh, the NBA is going to resume, I guess, this weekend. Like, I guess it's been confirmed. Uh, it's going to resume this weekend. At some point, the NBA playoffs will resume. So, uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, I know that the NHL said they are boycotting today as well, so surprise the biggest uh, one of the biggest white boy sports in the world is uh, boycotting as well. But they said they're going to resume over the weekend as well. Uh, shouts, the WNBA has not confirmed what they're doing yet. Um, more than like they're going to resume. But one thing I will always do is applaud WNBA players because they are about that action. I know, like, they have, they probably, it's the, probably the least watched sport in this country. But the women are about that action. I will always give them their credit. In regards to that uh but yeah but um but i'm glad to have you on here jeremiah bro much love we'll definitely have you on a, a legit episode of three from the ring where we'll talk hoops talk wrestling you are a w uh guy daytra i'm just letting you know now he's an AEW guy big AEW guy AEW faithful oh man that's unfortunate 
<laughs> but he's not toxic though. He's not toxic. I had we've had a legit conversation, and I'm like, okay, I respect. No, 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 you know, I'm just joking here. I know, I know. But you know, that's unfortunate. Still, <laughs> I mean, I, I think the real like you know tragedy is being a WWE fan if that's what you are. You know, you just got. Oh watch man, look! I think the I think the worst thing in general is just being a wrestling fan at all. Ooh. <laughs> Just to Shots. put it, just to just to put a, a big just to put a big bow on that, I gotta remind myself when I look in the mirror, I'm like, dog, I really watch this stuff. <laughs> so go ahead, take that L, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's just hey, I like wrestling, G, and I deal with this damn community. <laughs> but Facts. but yeah, so we appreciate you guys for listening. Much love. Make sure you do follow us on Twitter at Threes from the Ring. Follow the IG page, you tweaking media. Whatever platform that you are listening to this podcast on, whether it's Spotify, uh, Spotify, you did Joe Buddy wrong. Don't do me wrong in the future, or I will pull up on y'all ass. Uh, SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcasts, whatever. Make sure you hit that uh, like, subscribe button, please, because it'd be greatly appreciated. I keep count. I definitely do. Uh, but appreciate you guys for listening, and peace. Avita Zan.